the worst, he repeated. But there's something about you. Everybody likes you. People come back just to talk to you. Thanks, I said tentatively. Why don't you come work for us? I looked at him in confusion. For our real estate development fund. We just raised $250 million. What would I do? I asked, treading carefully. Don't ask stupid questions. What do you care? It's better than serving food, and you'll learn a lot. I snorted under my breath, thinking of all the ridiculous shenanigans I had seen in the last couple months. Oh, you think you're smart? You're not fucking smart. You don't know anything about the way the world works. It wasn't a very gracious job offer, but I wasn't getting fired either. So I said, okay, I'll do it. No shit, replied Reardon. Working at the real estate fund eliminated the other layers from my life, and it was all Reardon, Sam, and Cam all the time. They were like their own fraternity. They had their own rules. They even had their own language. It goes without saying that they were from a completely different world than I was. What seemed like once-in-a-lifetime opportunities to me, Sundance, Oscar parties, yacht trips, were their casual weekend plans. Their friends were celebrities, famous athletes, billionaires, and socialites. I began to spend my days and nights doing various tasks for them, always watching from the sidelines, secretly hoping to be invited into their club. Reardon would come into my office at 8.30 p.m. on a Friday and say, Get me a reservation for nine tonight at, insert the name of the hottest, most impossible restaurant to get a reservation at, here, I would call, and the hostess would laugh and hang up. They're fully booked, I would tell him. He would then erupt in a fury. You're the biggest fucking idiot I've ever met. What's wrong with you? How do you expect to get anywhere in life if you can't even get a reservation at some stupid fucking restaurant? He made me so nervous that I would start garbling my words or tugging on my hair. Speak, speak, don't touch your face, don't fumble around, he would demand. That was the scenario for my early learning curve. Every day felt like I was on the front lines of battle. One morning he called at 5.30, waking me up. Need you in the office now, he ordered. Pick up bagels. He hung up. Reardon never said hello or goodbye. He was a straight-to-the-point kind of guy. I groaned and dragged myself into the shower. I barely had time to dry off before I received a follow-up text message. Where the fuck are you? I drove as fast as I could to the office, hoping to pass a bagel shop. The only thing I saw was the pink dot grocery. I ran in and grabbed some bagels and cream cheese. My hair was wet and my eyes were barely open, but I made it to the office with breakfast in record time. Where are my bagels? said Reardon in lieu of good morning. I placed the bag on his desk. He ripped open the bag. Reardon never just opened things, he annihilated everything in his path. What the fuck is this? he yelled. I jumped. By now, I should have been used to the sudden fury that Reardon could unleash, but it still took me by surprise sometimes. Are these from Pink Dot?
Apparently, Pink Dot was a low-rent, late-night kind of grocery store. You might as well have stopped at a fucking homeless shelter, he screamed. I do not eat fucking bagels from fucking Pink Dot. These are fucking poor people bagels. He hurled the bag at me. I ducked just in time. Where would you like me to get your bagels in the future? I asked in a deliberately calm voice, hoping my adult-like tone would allow him to see he was behaving like a temperamental two-year-old. Go get the car, he barked. I chauffeured him to Greenblatt's to pick up bagels for real players. He had me drop him off at his meeting. Wait here, he said. For how long, I asked.